Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Believe in Boston College, episode three. I'm your host, Trevor Haas, joined by Jeremy Trueblood and Matthias Kiwanuka. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, Boston College picked up a huge win over Missouri, 41-34 in overtime last Saturday. The Eagles won on a walk-off pick by Brandon Sebastian, one of the bigger plays in BC history in recent memory. And uh, the Eagles now head into the game against Clemson on Saturday at 7.30 p.m., heading to Death Valley for what should be a tough test. This Clemson team is a bit more vulnerable than teams in the past, but Clemson is still Clemson, so we'll see how it shakes out. Matthias and Jeremy, first, I'm just curious your thoughts about that win. Just what does it mean for the program and just how sweet was that win for you guys watching as uh, former players? I thought it was awesome. I loved every minute of it. Um, you know, watching that game, watch, watching Brandon Sebastian come up with that pick and uh, a walk-off pick in a game like that um, took me back. It, it took me back to some some memories of when we played and, and just happy to see them having success out there on the field. You know, regardless of how you play, when you end a game like that, I mean, you deserve to be recognized. You deserve to hide your head up high and and to um, you know walk around proud on campus. Those guys did a tremendous job, especially up front on the offensive line side. I know we're going to get into that later, but I had to mention it. The first thing I said, that offensive line looked amazing. Um, hands down, in my opinion, the best offensive line in college football. I would agree with that, and we can get into that later. Um, but I will tell you that the walk-off pick, Matthias, so – uh, for those of you who do not know, Matthias and I also went to high school together. There was a state championship game, Matthias. Do you remember this? Where some <laughs> big, tall guy who was like six foot six, maybe 100 and I don't know, 80 pounds, he got an interception to seal that game. Remember how awesome that felt? He talks about it all the time. <laughs> His name is Matthias Kiwanuka, everybody. Hey, Anyways, that's how awesome that is, right? That was my guess. The, the, the older I get, the better I was, right? No, oh, was- you, were, you were good. <laughs> no, nah, it, it was good though. But like, I mean, think about that, right? Like you got, you had a big game all week long. People are talking this and that. Oh, the great state of Massachusetts. They got all, all these things. And then add to that in that fourth quarter, he had the opportunity to close out the game with a pick. Right. So in his mind, he has to be thinking, you know, or you would think that he's thinking, Oh, I miss this, but he put that completely aside, went back out there in overtime, was playing like a grown man out there and and got the win for his team. Man. I just, I just love it. That's football. Those are the stories. That's why, like, you know, I'm sitting there watching it with my son. I'm like, this, this is football. This is fun. Like, this is why you're getting up in early in the morning to go and, and run sprints, like to have an opportunity to play in games like this and to, you know, to have, um, you know, accomplishments like that. That was great. Um, I, I agree. That's why you play the sport. It's it's reasons like that. It's reasons where, you know, uh, turnovers happen, uh, big plays happen, and then as an offensive lineman, you kind of shove it down their throat like we did. Uh, stuff like that, you know. <laughs> so from our, you know, from fans like me and you, we enjoyed it. Um, I was reading the other day that, or today, that it was the third time that we're playing and uh, we're going down to Clemson to play. And so, Trevor, what do you think about that? I don't know how that works out, but like for me and my perspective, uh, it doesn't matter. Matthias said this last week or the week before. It doesn't matter where you play. We'll play in a parking lot. You know what I mean? But three times in a row, that seems like a lot and unfair, but let's do it again, huh? Yeah, so Jeff Halfley's been talking about, you know, he'll play anywhere. He really doesn't care. And I, I believe him. I think he genuinely doesn't care. He just wants to play football, which is a pretty admirable outlook. But I don't know. For me, I think there's, there's value in playing at home because you get to have such a win like that where your fan base is there. They get to storm the field and just kind of cherish the moment with the, with the players, with the team. And then on the road, it's kind of a different environment, right? Like you're, you're going down there. You're, it's you against the world. You just kind of have a chance to prove everybody wrong when no one really thinks you're going to win this game. So I think there are pros and cons to both. But I'm curious how you guys feel about that. Does, 
does the away environment is it is it as hostile as people think does it just how do you kind of go into a game knowing that you're it's you against the world like that for me as a player I, I love playing on the road. Like I love those environments. I loved um, where we play. We played like in VTech or we played Penn State, like those big road games against those storied programs. It was an opportunity to be on that big stage. I mean, I love playing at home, don't get me wrong, but when you get into 100, 100 plus thousand uh, you know, seat stadiums, there's just a different energy. There's a different feel to it. When they're all against you, like you play down in the Orange Bowl against Miami and they're all against you, like as a defensive player, you know, you're trying to be the man like that. That's, a, that's your time to like, you know, thump your chest and really, and really let it all out and, and perform on the on the big stage. Now, getting a little bit older and looking at things from a different perspective, I think it's BS, you know, honestly, like BC deserves to have these games. We deserve to have these games at home. You know, it's um, it's one of those things where we're, we're still looked at as a, a middle tier program or or less than in, in some eyes. And and I think this year, you know, the way that we're starting, this is a, a real good opportunity to, you know, to put that to the side. Like, you know, let's bring back some of those those Matt Ryan years where, where we're mentioned in the, you know, the, the the top programs of the of the nation and and get some get some recognition and, and get some eyes back on our campus and and bring some, you know, bring game day back up to, to Chestnut Hill. You know, it's time for that now. Yeah, uh, game day, Chestnut Hill, right? We did that with Florida State, our first ACC game. That was uh, one of my most memorable home games, you know, a along with the first game of the season every year and stuff like that. Those were always fun. I remember playing in the sleep one game, I think it's against Syracuse, which was just an experience all on its own. <laughs> but, um, you know, you're right. You mentioned Penn State. I forgot about that. That was a lot of fun. And we went in there and we whooped their butt. And, like, we felt pretty good about it. We, we silenced a huge stadium, right? That, that, uh, that that gives you some confidence, um, you know, progressing in this season. Virginia Tech was always a really intimidating place for me to answer your question, Trevor. I mean, I think on Thursday night and stuff like that, like they were shaking those uh, plastic jugs full of like coins and stuff and like banging stuff. And they, they were just loud. And it was like, uh, it was hard to hear, you know, and on offense, you need to hear to, to communicate. And uh, so that makes it a challenge, you know, versus at home when you're, when you're on offense. Now, I remember playing in the Orange Bowl one time too, um, this would be kind of similar to like maybe a Clemson team stacked with, you know, talent. We played a two deep that uh, like they basically all got drafted or played in the NFL. Like Vince Vil Wilfork was there, uh, Jonathan Vilma and the linebackers and DJ William, but their two deep on the, on the defensive line was just sick. And I remember I was a redshirt freshman. So depending on how old some of the guys are, and I know we're experienced in certain places, I think, you know, that's an advantage because when you're younger and like you said, Matthias, as you age, maybe not as a, you know, you don't think it's a big deal, but like, I remember being, looking at Vince Wolfrick and he like lined up over me and I was, I had Chris Snee right next to me and I was like, um, what am I going to do? You know, I was like, he's supposed to be a D tackle, you know what I mean? And it was like on their five yard line and I was about ready to, you know, poop my pants. I was kind of like nervous. This is one of my first games and it was on a away game and I was, you know, and, uh, he bull rushed me and I was like about ready to get knocked in the quarterback and like Snee, like knock the crap out of him and save the day. Right. But like ever since I was like, all right, Snee's got my back. So, you know, times like those people like, um, what's his name, Zion Johnson, that guard, like someone like that, you know, someone who can give Vrabel um, some confidence or the center, you know, he's a really good player. Give that right guard some confidence. Anyone you can lean on at certain times um, I think is good. And I think that we have those players. So to answer that question, I think they'll be fine. I, but I do see how sometimes it can be a disadvantage based on experience. I mean, you guys have a 7.30 game and you get there, you know, you get there Friday night, you sleep in the hotel and then you're there getting up Saturday morning. You have all day to think about it and you have, you know, it's nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. You're not even close to game time. And then finally it comes around. Just what's that day like leading up to that? And how do you kind of prepare knowing you have the whole day to wait for it? 
Uh, I loved every single minute of it. <laughs> I, I mean, I just, I love playing at night, especially when you're, when you're in a, in a, in a college level, because like, you know, you know, you're flying back home late. Like, you know, everybody's watching your game. You get to watch the other games, uh, you know, early on. And, and, you know, that everybody's going to, you know, finish up their game. They're going to go take their showers and everything. And they're going to get home and then they're going to, they're going to turn on the TV and watch you. So you got the eyes of not just the nation, but your peers on you as well. So I think as a, as a young player, that Penn state game was, you know, redshirt sophomore year, I think, or, or something it was early on. But as I got a little older, um, I realized I performed a little better at nighttime. I don't know what it is, whatever, whatever, like maybe like having the whole day, take a nap and, and everything like that and resting. Like, and even throughout my career in the league, like I hated one o'clock games, like not hated them, but like, I loved a night game. It even just, just, just push it to four o'clock. Like, let me, let me get some extra time. Let me get acclimated to wherever I am or, or, you know, if I'm at home or whatever. So I think from a, a college perspective, you know, you get up, um, they're going to add some extra meetings. They're going to make sure you wake up early. They're going to, they're going to do some meetings. You'll have like a walkthrough and, and, and that kind of thing. And, and, um, and make sure that you're, you're, you're focused on football. You're not just, just in your room sitting there sleeping and stuff like that, but it's really, it's really just, um, uh, just a waiting game. You know, you're just, you're just kind of like, you know, keep your body loose, keep your mind fresh. And then, and then you have the night, the nighttime comes and it's your time. You get those stage to yourself and you get the shine. I don't know, man. I just, I loved it. I hope they're enjoying it. I hope they're, they're taking it all in because it goes by in a flash. Um, that does go by in a flash. And I, I, I know that you and I just had a conversation not too many days ago about kind of like what we're doing with our lives and our jobs and stuff like that. And we were talking about the advantages of what we miss about going on away games. <laughs> Remember this? I mean, what was it? Yeah. Two days ago, maybe. Yeah. So it's funny that we're talking about this, uh, Trevor, because like, you know, I am a father to two young girls, you know, Avery and me, I love you, but you know, they, I would love an away game every once in a while, you know what I mean? To just get a night to regroup. But you know, when we were in college, um, there was no cell phones like there are now, you know what I mean? Like I didn't have people readily available to me. There were cell phones, but like, you know, they were calling me, not texting me or social media or any of that kind of stuff. So there were no distractions, you know, there were walkthroughs to fine tune things. Um, you can think of it like a college student because they are, you know, like they write essays and stuff, right? Well, like if you write an essay at, at noon, it's not, it could be better at 730 if you practice a little more or, you know, if it's just a draft. So in that sense, it's always a benefit to, I think, to play at nighttime. I loved it. I also got more time to stretch because I was a very, uh, this is called not flexible, um, you know, so I enjoyed the extra stretching time and stuff like that. So that was my life with night games. And I always played better as well, Matthias. I thought it was fun. I, uh, yeah. I enjoyed everyone, all the eyes on you, you know, the TV. You can see the little, you know, camera zooming around the field, <laughs> you know, on that little screen. And like, that was really, really cool. Be like right behind you. They'd be like, is yeah. it on me? So, you know, that little added bonus was always really fun too as a player. Yeah, you know when you make a play and the the camera comes and finds you on the sideline, you try to act like you're not. You try to act like you're not paying I'm attention not to it. Yeah, I'm not looking. <laughs> Hi, mom. I'm, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna flex my tricep for no reason at all right now. Oh, <laughs> by the way, look at this armband. It has my dad's name on it. How cool. Yeah, like, you know whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, but like you were saying, uh, yeah, our conversation about being away, like it's it's a like it gives you an opportunity to like clear your mind, man. Like you get to you get away from school, you get away from campus. Like you're not worried about anything. Like I remember, you know, there were there were times like it's like you could have all this stuff going on. You got your your papers due, you got finals coming up, or you got like you know family issues or, or stuff going on, and it's like 
as soon as you get on that bus to get on that plane, like for me, it's like as soon as I as soon as I stepped on that bus, you know what I mean? Like we watch what Freestyle Fridays and then put our suits yep. on and run run down to the locker room. It'd always be me, Jazz and Larry Lester late to the bus because we had to finish up the last week. You know what I mean? So like we had like a routine. Once you get into Very that, you, nah, man, not me. <laughs> once you but once you get into like that that routine, it's like it's game it's game day already like it's game mode you know what i mean so playing a night game you get to extend that out you know you get to you get to you know, eat up a little bit more at a clock before you have to go back to reality because playing at a college football level and then playing in the nfl it's not it's not reality it's not part of the the normal human experience like most people they don't get to be catered to and have everything you know everybody waiting on them like you know you take a, a um a police escort from the you know, campus to the, to the uh, private plane. And then you, you land, you go straight to the hotel. You don't wait in line. You got your keys laid out for you. You get your food. So, like everything is just like focused around this game, like a hundred percent, like getting you ready to play in this game. And once your mind is in that, that mindset, like once you're in that, that, that state of mind, it's like, man, it, it gives me chills just thinking about it, man. I hope these kids are enjoying it. I have chills thinking about it, but I also have a, you know, question for Trevor, um, when you, you were talking earlier about storming the field, so like this will be an away game, right? There's no storming the field, but as a fan, like, and I always wanted to storm the field, but I never got a chance to, you know, I played a few <laughs> games where I felt like they should have, and they never did. So, you know, I, I don't, I kind of laugh at teams when they do that, but like when my own team's doing it, I'm like, yeah, you know, we deserve to do that. So I was happy to see it. But there is a part of me that's like, oh, you don't need to do that. But also, you know what? Be proud of what you do. Like storm the field every time for all I care. I don't really care. You know, like shake the goalpost, but don't hurt it. You know, just show that you, your support. I don't know. I enjoyed that. Like that as, as a player who played there, um, sometimes I wished, you know, it was louder um, just, but I know that it's a pro sports town and stuff like that. Right. So there's other things to do on a Saturday. But so I love the fact that it was like loud, proud and people ran the field. Yeah, man. Let them kids storm the field. It's, it's part of it. It's part of the energy. And I think especially we don't think of is we never played during a pandemic. We never played during, you know, some of these things that these kids are having to go through, you know, playing in stadiums that were empty last year and whatnot. So, you know, I'm sure these fans are just, you know, thankful to have the ability to be in the stadium, you know what I mean? And then we're playing well, you know, your team's playing well. Like, yeah, I'd say, you know, let them storm the field, you know, they deserve it. Jeremy, you got to fly down there and try to flash a pass or just sneak by the security and see if you can storm the field one man show. <laughs> I would love that. That would be like my dream. And then people would be, you know, I would, I'd need a, a babysitter for my kids the next day. I'd probably get arrested, but that would be a fun story. <laughs> yeah. Got it all figured out. Yeah. All righty. So switching gears here a little bit to uh, Zion Johnson. We've been talking about him, you know, off, off the air. He's just been a beast. We knew he would be coming in and he's probably exceeded expectations, even though they were high coming into the season. So Jeremy, just what have you seen out of him? What makes him such a beast out there? I've talked about the O-line and the whole uh, having good feet and good hand placement, being patient with their delivery. Um, you know, I don't want to call it robotic, but like they deliver their blows and move their feet when they're supposed to. Right. And I have not focused on him the first few games because he was just doing his job, which is what you want as an offensive lineman. Right. Like you don't need to be noticed. So I spent my first game kind of noticing things on the right side. Cause I, I'm a right side player when I, you know, when I finished playing, now I moved back to the left side. I was like focused on Rabel for a while. I think he's a really good player. I think they're all good players. And then like my last guy I kind of focused on was him the last game. And it just happened to be where I think he kind of balled out. Um, he finishes people. He has like a little nasty demeanor, but he's not like a, I don't know how to put it like cocky about it. So like, you know, he gets up and he's like, not, you know, pointing that he just beat you, but he's like, you know, just confidently walking. Those are the worst type of guys to go against. I think as a defender, 
you know, because mm-hmm. you're just like, oh, I don't, this guy has me figured out. I don't know what his like, you know, deficiencies are. I don't know how to beat him. Even when I do beat him, he doesn't seem to care much. That type of thing. I think they all do that, but he kind of is the leader of the group doing that. And he is good. He is like mm-hmm. really good feet and he's really strong. And I, I'm just really impressed. Like I, I told Matthias this, I believe off air in a text. I was like, you know, he's special. And then the other people could play, you know, in the mm-hmm. NFL. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you hundred percent. I was, you know, you were texting me and I was, you know, trying to pay attention and watch him a little bit. And then you know, all of a sudden you hear the announcers start to bring his name up. And I was watching on that run where Sinkfield hit it to the, um, to the left side of the field. Like he, he engaged his man. He worked his hips around and just like threw his, his, his left shoulder and, yeah. you know, moved the guy where he wanted him to go. You know what I mean? I was like, he looked like, he looked like, like to me, what, um, you know, coach Willis used to tell me, he's like, yeah, think of it. You're, you're a professional playing with amateurs like don't come down to their level like he's he's literally out there manhandling people like i was starting yeah. to, i was starting to pay attention i was like yo i'm feeling bad for whoever's lining up yeah. against him man like it's not fair you know it but, was it was some of that but it was even some of the, like what you what you just said he was getting his he gets his hands on people so like uh you know you're always responsible on a double team for a linebacker whether it be backside front side or just a guy over you right but it all depends on where the play is going and, uh, you know, some of their misdirection or not even that, but like just going straight to the direction. He does a really good job uh, with the center. Um, Trevor, what's his name? Lindstrom? Lindstrom, yep. Yeah. So he's really good too. And so they're double teams. I tell you what, that's what springs their run game. Okay. And then the rest of the guys just do their job. But those guys do work and they get off on a linebacker. And it's normally, mm-hmm. I've noticed both of them do it, but when he gets off, he kind of, does a better job i guess is what you want to call it but he also just gets in the way a little bit and enough to where it's like it's just pretty like mm-hmm. like you said as as a pro which he will be um he's gonna be in position to make the box and you don't always have to do it well you just have to be kind of like in the way in the nfl sometimes you know mm-hmm. so uh but like he's good enough to the, be more than just in the way i was in no. the way a lot. i was in the way a lot, so <laughs> you know like and I, I made a living of doing that but he could be really good i believe yeah, no, I agree. And I, no, no disrespect to Garwo. I know he's where is he twenty first in um, uh, nationally rushing yards, but I mean yeah. he's getting the ball and that line of scrimmage. By the time he touches the ball, the line of scrimmage has already moved about a foot and a half. You know what I mean? Like I'm on ninety eight point seven in, in New York on ESPN Radio in the mornings, and they're asking me like, you know, what's wrong with Saquon and and this and that. And I'm I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I'm like, I I watched the Giants game and I watched the BC game, and it obviously it's two different leagues, two different completely levels of competition, but when you watch the the offensive line like the Giants offensive line is you know porous and they're on different levels every single time every time you see this Boston College offensive line they're moving in sync they're moving you know to the right together move to the left together and they're always advancing up the field together so Garwell or Sinkfield they're 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 getting the ball and they have a clear field of vision. They're allowed, you know, space to, to hit the hole and, or make a, a cutback, you know, right away because their, their vision isn't obstructed. There's not somebody screaming up the field in their face. Like, like it, it's, it's, it's impressive to watch. I mean, I'm looking, I'm like, man, BC did it again. They put together another offensive line. We're <laughs> over here. Giants over here struggling, trying to figure out who's going to play. I was like, man, sign these guys up. We got them right here. Draft Zion. You know, know, you mentioned the running back Garwell and like even the backups. I tell you what, I I heard someone say that he was the fourth string at the beginning of the season uh, on the depth chart. I I can tell you, I think, why he's not fourth string anymore. And you mentioned that's a good offensive line and his vision's not obstructed. But I tell you what, 
he has a patient vision. Like I kept wanting to tweet out, like, I don't even know if I got around to it, but like the, the eyeballs with the running backs. And I wanted to, I think Gunnell's the running back coach now, right? Whoever is, is doing a good job. Like I, I think all the coaches are good. Um, you know, I think that's great coaching staff, but those running backs, man, they are so patient. Like they don't really rush to the hole and zone zone running and blocking is all about like a running back who attacks the hole and then like cuts off where there's a hole, right? It's not like a designed hole. Like it, they call it a number hole, but it can end up anywhere just depending on where you get cut off. And that's another thing I wanted to uh, point out about Zion on the backside and the whole O-line in general. But like, I saw him like get there in time to flip his hips, which is like almost impossible. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause he, to flip your hips, you got mean, it means you turn around and basically face the guy and just stop him dead in his tracks. Right. Like that means you got to your place. Cause you're supposed to go where the guy is going to be, not where he's at. Let's think uh, about that. If you take off running, you just head to where he's supposed to be, not where he's at. Mm-hmm. He's getting there because he's so athletic and good, like and helping on the double team. And because they move those guys in unison, mm-hmm. they're good, man. It's fun to watch. So maybe the Giants can draft one or two of those guys. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not even playing. Like I think those guys, there are a couple guys on that offensive line who have the potential to play, and they could be starting, you know, pretty relatively soon. Yeah, there's more than Never one. Know. Yeah, Jeremy, back to your point about Pat Garwell being very patient. I thought it was impressive on his touchdown run. You know, he stopped. He froze for a second. He was on the left side. Then he cut back, went mm-hmm. to the right, and went to the end zone. A lot of guys would have kept going, maybe get five, ten more yards. And then, you know, he had the patience and vision to stop, freeze, and then go to the other way. So I think that's pretty impressive and really shows what he's all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And he's a powerful runner. Like, the guys bounced off his legs when he was running, too. Like, BC's had a few of those guys in a row who were just, like, you know, good. Uh, running the ball but like uh yeah he's very patient like you said but i was impressed also with uh you know just not getting knocked over with the first hit and or the second hit really mm-hmm. great and then shifting gears here a little bit to the defensive side of the ball um if i am curious your thoughts about just tem lukabu opening things up i mean bc didn't really show much <laughs> against colgate for good reason showed a little more against umass a little more against temple and then decent amount against missouri and expectedly even more against clemson so just have you seen the defense evolve from a schematic standpoint just what have you seen from tem lukabu so far so strategery. That's your favorite. <laughs> I was like, I was, I mean, because I was all like, you know, the first couple of weeks, he, there was there was nothing. There was nothing going on. You know, we had a lot of those those three-man rushes, which I hate. Um, but you know, he came out blitzing, he came out, you know, uh, zone blitzing. Feel like it was it was it was good to see um that the communication was there after not having run any of those blitzes in a game, the defense came out and was able to communicate effectively and make sure that, you know, the, the gaps were maintained and, and sound and, and solid. Um, I liked it with the exception of the, the three man rush. Only reason I don't like, I mean, it, I guess it works as part of his game plan. I'm not here to criticize like, you know, that level, but like, <laughs> but um, I just, I hate it from a player standpoint. I'm like, if I'm one of the three that are rushing, you guys would call it like, you're just a sacrificial lamb at that point like it's that's just, why i'm laughing you know what i mean it's just like just go out there and do the best yeah. and you're out there taking shot after shot you got like <laughs> six hands hitting you in the face you don't know who's you know what I'm saying like you can't see the quarterback everybody all the offensive linemen are standing straight up and just punch you in the face it's like what am i doing out here you know but like um but if it, if it works for them, it works, you know, to have, you know, a lot of those guys back in coverage. Um, you know, I want to see some more sacks. Obviously, I always want to see, um, you know, the, the sack numbers go up and, and I want to see them harassing the quarterback. But um, I think that he has a, a good understanding of what his players can do. And that's always a challenge, I think, as a, as a defense coordinator. Like you can come up with some of the, the best schemes. And, you know, have call up all, you know, draw up the best, the best schemes or best plays in the dirt. But if you don't have players that can execute it, then it's all for not. So you have to start with who do you have? 
you know, what is their skill set and how can you put them in position to make plays? I think he did that. He did that very well. Yeah. You said that, you know, the players that you have, uh, what I was laughing when you were talking, cause I, we've had these off camera or, you know, recording uh, conversations and about sacrificial lambs. And I, as an offensive lineman loved it because normally I would have one of the guys, right. But that meant a guard was coming to nail him when he didn't expect it or a running back was going to chip him, you know? And I was like, ha ha, mm-hmm. like you have mm-hmm. no idea where it's coming from, but you know, and, uh, so it was easy, but also as a lineman who was prepared most of the time, and most of us are, uh, or all of us are, you know, I know you're tricking me. You know what I mean? Like, I know there's so much more in your bag of tricks than these, mm-hmm. these three guys. And I don't know when it's coming, but I don't like it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so like, you're also like on edge, like when people do that. And I think that adds to like a little bit of uncertainty because you, mm-hmm. there's so many mic points and repoints and stuff like that when people move around. So like, yeah. I see the value in that, like rushing three, but like at one point in time, I think you're right. Like it'll come out when they need it, but if they have the players mm-hmm. who can do it without it, you know, I would, um, you know, during the game, that uh it was a targeting right igm almost got kicked out of the game and then yeah, they made like yeah. three huge plays yeah like, yeah you know, he like, right up the middle right man like i yeah. wrote some stuff down i was like oh penalty oh no like he's gonna get kicked out of the game like yeah. first of all i think it's ridiculous like how but i do see you know player safety and stuff but like you know i was thinking to myself he's a tone setter he's one of those guys who mm-hmm. hits someone real hard and i was like you know don't come through the middle like that again mm-hmm. well he didn't get kicked out of the game then he made like what do you make uh i know he made like a really big sideline tackle and i think he even had a tfl yep. i mean that's huge and so you're right the players they have maybe they don't need to rush more than three sometimes but i know they have it in their pack of tricks yeah no i, I had that i had that in my head too i was thinking to myself like you know because i know he was playing you know the school he left last week you yeah. know and so he was obviously all jacked up for that and i was like you know let me watch see how he's playing out here playing today and see if it was just uh you know he was just you know jacked up because he was playing his old team but now nah, he came out ready to play and especially the way that he responded as you know as a as you know a leader of the team the way that he responded after a big penalty like that mm-hmm. like I, I love that that's that's the kind of stuff that in my opinion that you look for at the next level like guys who can like you know shake yeah. it off and, and come back out here come back out here and play like we i always had we always had guys around you in the huddle that you knew, oh, he just he just either made a mistake or he, you know, he he messed up. Oh, he's about to go off. And it's like yeah. that 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 quiet, you know, mentality, like you said, like they're not they're not they're not like, you know, hitting themselves in the head and doing all this and that. No, nah, he's just he's just quietly about to go blow somebody up. It helps that he's jacked, too. I was like, I was like oh, he's got a yeah, guys like, work out. Yeah, a little bit. So um no nah, it was it was it was it was impressive to watch a leader of the defense come through after a penalty like that and um and uh and and respond like that because the team feeds off of that you know that's team energy you know we gave up a lot of points but we we did make some big plays and especially when it counted you know we made the mm. plays that's like that's like one of the biggest things of a defense like all right you're gonna have these games where you know they're running up and down the field or they're throwing the ball or whatever blah blah, blah. but but do you have you know what it takes in your tank in your mind like your in your focus to step up when you need to play and we got that out of these guys on defense so I, you know, i'm proud of these guys great and then to wrap up here just you know shifting gears a little bit back to clemson just the, your final thoughts on the game i mean clemson is obviously you know perennially terrific but this year two and two number 25 in the nation a lot of people think bc should be ranked higher than clemson they're not at the moment but a win obviously would put them ahead of them i'm just curious your thoughts about going in a face a vulnerable team where you know, they're, they're still Clemson, but they are a little more vulnerable than they have been in the past. And it kind of is an opportunity for BC to go in there, get its first row win against Clemson since 2007. So just how do you guys approach a game like this where the opportunity is there, but you kind of have to stay level-headed and knowing it's, it's not going to be easy, but it is possible. Man, 
F Clemson. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is this is BC year. Like it, it, it's not. Nah, I don't. I don't want to hear it. I don't want anybody <laughs> saying anything that BC shouldn't win this game. We need to go in there with the mindset that we are going to win this game. Come out with a dub and come home, man. That's it. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you're was saying that, I was thinking to myself, you know, like it's Clemson. They have a lot of good players. I remember when we played down there. Uh, that was our first ACC road game, I believe, um, that I remember, anyways. And uh, it was fun, you know, and it was huge and it was hot. And I remember cramping. Uh, heavily on the way home i remember a lot of us were and i would lay down in the middle of the airplane struggle that so that was a new experience right but like on top of that like i think you know these players they're not gonna have to deal with that but they're gonna have to go in there and want to prove that they're deserving of a ranking if that you know because um like you said clemson's 25 we're not we just had a big win okay fine um you know we we talk about wanting to prove our worth and stuff like that well this is a great chance so I don't see a chance of a letdown if you, this is just, you know, a stepping stone to the greatness that they want to do this year, which I think they could do pretty good things as long as they keep on just working hard, which they're doing. And, uh, you know, when they, they've been taking advantage of their opportunities. And uh, I noticed last game, you know, whenever there was a turnover or a stop or something like that, you know, and you're right, Matthias, when the defense would kind of bend but not break and then make their big plays, the offense responded almost each mm -hmm. and every time. So, mm -hmm. you know, if they keep on doing that, I think they'll, they'll play well and they'll win. But, um, you know, that, that resolve – uh, that, that they have been showing they got to keep doing that and I think they're going to be doing okay doing really well as a matter of fact I like it great all righty well thank you very much everyone for listening thank you Matthias and Jeremy as always for joining Boston College will face Clemson on the road at 7 30 p.m this Saturday the game is on ACC network you can also watch it on YouTube YouTube TV good luck finding it uh, but if you do enjoy and thanks so much and we'll see you next time take care thank you that was fun. That was good. We're getting better, guys. I like it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.